The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. Paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc. And the host of The Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. Hello, my little monsters. For the final time in season one. Can you believe it's gone by this fast? Like, holy crap. I can't. It's been uh, quite a journey. Ronnie, when we started this, um, you know, I, I, I guess in a sense, we didn't know what it was right. in, in, a, in, a, in a one way. And it's kind of evolved. And I think tonight's guest is a perfect chapter ender because it's only the ending of a chapter it's just the end of season one right. i have to go up north and visit some friends mm. i could be just going to visit you don't know that you don't know be. why you be. don't know why i'm leaving for a few niagara months. falls mm. we will take this up again in the fall but uh i think the 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 message from this guest nancy red star and if you're a fan of ancient aliens on the history channel you've seen nancy red star yeah she's native american she wrote a book called Star Ancestors in which she interviewed for a long time different elders from different, uh, different Native tribes. American tribes and their histories of contact with, with, with what we call aliens and she tells us what they call them in the interview. Um, but I think her message is perfect for an ending to season one, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of brings it all kind of full circle and kind of going back in time a little bit here too which is pretty wild yeah because we started with you know we started right out of the gate with a huge name nick redfern yeah and we kept the big names coming and we finished with nancy red star red and red how funny is that whoa <laughs> you're blowing my mind man um so yeah i'm in a i'm in a mood tonight i'm in like a mellow not melancholy but a, a reflective mood mm. and you know my go-to is usually kind of um broad and comedic and out there and energetic but i guess it's it's i guess it it was led by nancy you know she really um gave us some food for thought about this whole thing and and kind of a new way to think about it for me she uses a phrase in this interview which you'll hear which floored me yeah i thought actually she was yelling at me at first because i was asking about a connection to native americans from people who maybe not are native americans and she uses a phrase that you'll hear that kind of my heart dropped. I was like, does she mean I'm being disrespectful? Does she mean I'm walking by asking that question? Am I walking on graves? But that's not at all what she meant. And it's a message to all of us. And I think we'd all be uh, smart to heed it. Yeah. Pretty powerful. It was. Great get by you and your connection to uh, her. And I think you're clearly uh, Native American. I just haven't I, been identified. I, I'm going <laughs> to DNA swab you right now. <laughs> That's creepy. It is. <laughs> uh, thank you. 
<laughs> I'm a, Ian, I'm going to DNA swab Ronnie. <laughs> Wouldn't uh, be the first time. <laughs> help me. <laughs> uh, all right. So I want to get to Nancy as quick as I can. But first of all, I want to thank all of you for all your support. Yeah. It's only been one short season so far, but, uh, you know, You've all reached out and you're following us. We see you on iTunes following us and more people are joining us. And Sharing the episodes. More. Yeah, That's man. It's fantastic. It's so so fun and we're only going to get bigger and better. Right. We're just getting started. Yeah. Season two is coming this fall. It is summer of 2018 as we record this one, if you're listening back in the future, which is weird too. Right. People could be listening to us like 10 years from now. I'm like, oh, I found, the, oh, I found this podcast, right. mate, called Monsterland. And I don't know why I made him British. <laughs> Isn't it going to look different, too? Are we going to be in the new studio by that time? Oh, I heard rumors about a new studio, Ian. Is that, is the media true? boss. We're moving on up, moving on up <laughs> to a deluxe studio in the sky. Um, why don't we open a case file before we get to the interview real sure. quick and yeah. just uh, update us on a Monsterland case file. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland, Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Now let's open another Monsterland case file. This Monsterland case file is brought to you by the fine folks at Squatchachusetts who power this podcast. If you've had an experience or want to connect with those who've had or you want to go on a Bigfoot search, contact Team Squatchachusetts. They're on Facebook. Find them, search them. You'll never be the same. I just made that tagline up. That it's not awesome. their tagline, but awesome. we love them and they love us. Uh, also, we got to thank the fine folks at Media Boss, Ian, Aaron, the whole team. Phenomenal. It is where we sit and uh, we couldn't thank them enough. Yeah. And also, of course, Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network, who put this thing up. God knows why. <laughs> um, now, Ronnie. Yes. We have been, and, and we again, I started this whole thing by saying when we started this podcast, uh, but when we started it, our aim was to take something that's happened in Monsterland, i.e. from your book, a case file that you've already researched, right. talk about it, and then talk about it in terms of something that might be going on somewhere else in the world that ties to that. Right. Por ejemplo, you would have a case of a Bigfoot sighting where someone saw a reddish Bigfoot in Monsterland. We would then find a case in Oregon where someone sees a reddish Bigfoot. Exactly. Just yeah. an example. Yeah. I don't think you and I even thought of the fact, right? I mean, maybe in our deepest subconscious we hoped. Right. But we didn't even entertain the fact that a Monsterland case file would break while we were doing the podcast. Yeah, literally materialize as we're doing this. So I say... NSFW, but fuck the past old <laughs> case files. We've got one going on right now. It's unreal where this has turned. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. If, you, if you're just joining us, you can go back episode, uh, I think, two before this. Ronnie um, broke the case of we made up a name, Tom, someone that you know. Mm -hmm who lives just miles from here, just right outside of Monsterland Forest. Right. And he has been plagued by sightings of drones. We talked about this last week. You mm -hmm. updated the case. And now you've told me pre-show there's another update to the Tom Monsterland case file. I, I'm still blown away by this because uh, he sent me uh, a text about this just happened a few days ago. And... On this podcast, we're, we're talking about UFOs. We're talking about aliens and, and Bigfoot, orbs, and how that's all connected. Well, 
Tom, who has been seeing these drones. Right. When we, when we left yeah. last week's episode, he had sent you pictures of the drone. And when we have that picture, we posted it on our, on our Instagram. Right. It looks like a, from the picture, it's hard to tell, but it's almost like a boomerang shape. Yeah. No lights. Right. There's we, no lights emanating from this thing, but you can clearly see this, this craft. And again, go back if you haven't heard it, the Grant Cameron episode, we get into all that. But yeah. so what's the new development? Okay. So I'll read from his, his text, but um, <laughs> he had a Bigfoot sighting. On his front lawn. Hold on. So that's... <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I need to process this stuff slow. Isn't it? I, I, I'm... Fuck, man. And listen, it'd be one thing if this was some guy that called in and had an experience. Yeah, no, no, and no. Blah, blah. You know this cat. I know him. This is all real. And we're trying to get him to come on the show. Yes. And he's very reluctant because now it's scaring the shit out of him. Well, yeah. You got to... All right. Right? I mean, so this is what he, he sent me a note and said, I can't believe this happened, but... Uh, Hold on, let me see. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I'm valid. I'm, I'm fact checking you. Just be careful not to show his name on. Delete. No. Oh <laughs> no. uh, yeah, there it is, Tom. Oh my God! All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, what prompted? Did you ask him anything? I was just trying to get updates. I I, I was trying to get him on for this well, episode. So, and, and so last week he answered some questions. Yes. Via text. So this is a follow up. Correct. To, okay. And, yes. And so this one, because I'm looking. What, what reason I asked that is because I'm looking at the old texts from last week when we read his responses, and this one just pops up out of nowhere because these other ones you've asked him questions. Right. But this one just pops up out of nowhere. He he kind of sat on this. Four fifteen a.m. I think he sat on this for a little while because he didn't know what. Okay. To, what to talk about? Read away, Ronald. Okay. Hold on, I gotta have a sip of beer. So don't... I actually need one too. This uh, is. I'm getting scared. Oh my god. All right. What have we freaking gotten ourselves into, I, dude? I think he's pissed at me, honestly. Um, Why? Because <laughs> you're reading cause, this stuff? No, because this all this craziness is happening. Oh, because now. it's now. But he came to you. He's been seeing this for a while, right? right? People are like read the text. He's, but hold on. <laughs> People, you know, gotta remember. Right? Like, you didn't go to him like, anything wacky happened to you lately? No. Like, he came to you, correct? Correct. That's how it happened. Yeah. So, but you do have a way of opening a Pandora's box on people. Like, now I've seen a UFO. I'm all freaked out. This is People happening. will come up to me, and then, I'll, you know, they'll just start telling me their story. Like, you know, yeah. and... You've, I, got the, you've got the shine on this stuff. It, There's no doubt. So... You're like, you're like Leprechaun Man. <laughs> Stop it, Leprechaun Man! <laughs> <laughs> you're like a big, red, muscly uh. Leprechaun Man. I, I DNA swab you yet? No. All right. Thank God. Um, okay. So 4.15 a.m. Oh, boy. He couldn't sleep. Uh, he ends up going uh, out to set up the uh, sprinkler on his front lawn. So when he got to the sprinkler, he noticed down the road from where he was standing. Read it as he wrote it. Okay. Can you? Or is, is yeah. okay with that? Is uh, he okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I woke up early and went out to move the sprinkler on my front lawn. When I got to the sprinkler, I noticed down the road from where I was standing, probably about 40 yards away, something dark colored, upright animal with a hunched back, moving very quickly out from behind the telephone pole onto the road and jumping the stone wall leading into more woods. I heard a couple bounding steps and then nothing, just complete silence. At this point, my hair was standing up on the back of my neck and down my arms, and I was scared like a little kid. So this is very similar to when people have in these encounters. Sounds like yours. They just sense that there's something, you know, they're being watched. Dead silence. Yes. Fear. Yes. And he's, and he'll talk about this. He says, uh, 
you know, I put the sprinkler down. I ran to my house thinking it could possibly be a bear. But the shape of the back of the neck sort of looked like a chimpanzee monkey, uh, but larger than a chimpanzee. The morning light was dim, uh, and the animal that I saw was black and moved across the road in a flash. And this is what a lot of people talk about. In a matter of a couple steps, they clear a road where like a, a normal human being wouldn't be able to pull and that bears off. Bears don't do that. No. Bears run, they gallop, right? I mean, they don't instantaneously, they don't clear a street that I know of. No, and jump a, a freaking stone wall here. Uh, the bounding on the pavement or the pounding on the pavement didn't sound like a hoofed animal like a deer. I have seen what deer look like at this time of morning plenty of times. Uh, deer have a horizontal look as you see them at a distance. This animal was definitely vertical shape and it was definitely looking at me from behind <laughs> the pole and then made a run for it. So he sensed he was kind of being watched and looked at the pole and noticed this thing is looking at him. And then it took off. Um, this is where it gets crazy. So, oh, this this is where it gets crazy. This is where it gets the, crazy. The next sentence, not the fact that the fucking guys got fucking <laughs> mysterious drones flying over us and now fucking Bigfoot. Now it gets weird. Okay, thanks. All right. If Bigfoot shows up at my house tonight. I'm gonna quit. Dude, I'm, gonna, um, I'm not doing season two. I'm not doing you. it. Okay. So he says. It was definitely looking at me from behind the pole. Then it made a run for it. The hunched back was throwing my mind off until I saw a picture that Monsterland posted on Instagram of a Sasquatch. We did. We did. We did. The image in the picture is identical. Oh, no. <laughs> the image in the picture is identical to the shape I saw run across the road. At the time I saw this, I was not looking for things in the sky. Um... This happened spur in the moment, scared the living daylights out of me, and I ran to my house like a little kid. I told my wife I saw her bear uh, with a hunchback. Can you see that, Ian? So if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, which you can find, if you're listening to us and you haven't seen our YouTube channel, you can go to Monsterland on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, and this is uh, this is the photo we posted that he's referencing, right? And, and he had that experience, and then saw this. Correct. And I posted Gross. this picture. Why did you post this? You I don't know. A-hole. I don't know. <laughs> what have you unleashed? I don't know, but the timing of it, I posted it. And it, So this is from 2005, I believe, in Pennsylvania, a trail cam. <laughs> there are pictures of bears. And then there was a picture of this, which looks like something's, you know, it's yeah, two legs. It's, it's not, bending it's down. It's not a bear. It's not a bear. You can or see the cone deformed, head. It's a deformed bear. If, right. If it is. So. Holy crap. <laughs> so this is what has recently happened with Tom. Um. We got to go out there. We have to get him well, in season here. Well, season two, season two. So, just so you know, to listening, we have we have all kidding aside, we have really worked, or I shouldn't say we. Ronnie has really worked on getting this quote unquote Tom to appear on the show, and it's a very delicate matter. These are real people. This is a real law enforcement officer who went to the site. These are careers and jobs and everything on the line. And um, but but Ronnie has worked on him to try and get him in, and I I think. The ice might be starting to thaw a little bit to that end, and I think in season two, if we don't get him on, we will assuredly uh, go to the site and check yeah. it out for ourselves. Now, to that end, Ronnie, the police officer has since reported, and I don't know if I can talk about this, but he has seen UFOs okay. yeah. beyond yes. so the, what we reported last week. Here's, and, yeah. All right. Can we talk about this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
So Tom then tells me that this police officer, which again, we're not identifying what city, um, but it's around, it's not Lemonster, but it's around. We'll call it Massachusetts ham. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This police officer has since revealed to Tom that, um, you know, because they had this sighting together um, of a drone this police officer revealed that he's had UFO experiences since he was a kid and, <laughs> and, and he's not, he doesn't want to go into it. Um, but he said that it's pr- crazy enough that they can make a movie about his experiences. So here's another, and I, and I believe Tom is an experiencer as well, going back to a young yeah, age. You mentioned earlier with his sister and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a reason that they're seeing it together. Yeah. Um, we all find each other. We find each other somehow, right. don't we? Yeah. And um, the Bigfoot sighting by Tom is 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 interesting because it seems to be connecting to this whole thing, and it's in the same kind of locality as, as right not too far from Monsterland Woods here, the forest. So, All right. Well, heavy. that's a cliffhanger for season two if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> and uh, it's going on right now, and it's real. So we'll keep you posted. That's My God. Develops. All right, let's get to Nancy Redstar, who again uh, has a perfect message, I think, to end season one, a beautiful message and a powerful one. Uh, Nancy Redstar has written the book Star Ancestors, Extraterrestrial Contact and the Native American Tradition. She is dis- a descendant of the Red Man uh, and Matthews Von Parker Bloodline, a frequent guest on History Channel show Ancient Aliens. She's the producer, writer, and director of the feature documentary film Star Ancestors and The Trapline. She is brilliant and um, connected. There is no doubt. Unbelievable. And as our producer Ian said, as you'll hear in this interview, a person at peace. Yeah. You can yeah. definitely tell. She's yeah. got a calming presence, and it's a it's just a surprisingly touching interview, I think. Yeah, it's great. Nancy Redstar, we are honored that you have stepped into Monsterland. <laughs> How can I get out? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> to be determined. You count. I think we're all in Monsterland. Now. <laughs> well, all right, let's get right into it then. Um, <laughs> what do what do Native Americans know that we, the general public, don't know or understand? Well, I couldn't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of extraterrestrial contact, how about that? Well, you know, when I I can tell you in terms of my book, Star Ancestors, when I started it, it was like 1997 when I got this this brain ignition going, and it was probably nine, two years for me to get money to actually go down and start the interviews, because I went into Central America, too. So... Um, what what was it that oh at that time it was taboo to not not that's why I went down to Central America to tell you the truth to be with the Mayans and the and the Olmec and the Aztec to talk to them because they have continued to have an open line of communication and their feeling about it is it's not like here you know mm. they don't they're very much um, their their ancestors relatives and, and not aliens because the word alien if you break it's really a Tavistock Institute word and I, I told them that in uh, ancient aliens I said why did you use 
hmm. title. It's a lean, A dash lean, L I E N. The real meaning of that word alien is a lean on your mind because it's like they say, nobody really knows what or who they are. So we could tell you they're anything. And if you don't have your own personal contact um, with them, and in fact, according to a gentleman who was in the National Reconnaissance Office that I did a book with, um, they came to the government and told him, if you don't release the information to the public, uh, we are going to contact people individually. Hmm. Nancy, so those tribes all referred to what we call aliens as, as ancestors? Relatives. Relatives. Alien is not a word that we ever used. I, I mean, I don't, you know, as I said, I think it came out of the Tavistock Institute in mm. London because really London, England is in control of the release of all the UFO information. So for generation after generation uh, of Native American uh, history, they were being visited and contacted and given messages and exchanging information with these ancestors. Yes, yes. Unbelievable. And now there, uh, I mean, even in, for instance, in, in the, the Kachina system, the Pueblo system, which I'm not Pueblo, but within the Kiva itself was a pla- is a place of learning. And, for instance, here on Taos Pueblo, the men enter the Kiva, go underground, and they stay there for three months, from January till March. How is that possible? Well, the women make food and bring it. And they could go out if they had to go out, but no, they're in there for three months. And the young men are in there with them. That's where they get their education. Cultural, spiritual, historical, and... Like a mystery school. Secretive information, yeah. And that's where they do that. Now, when we first started this conversation off-air, just saying hi, uh, I was telling you that I work w- with Prometheus, who does Ancient Aliens, which right. show you've worked on, and I work vis-a-vis Curse of Oak Island, and I was telling you a little bit o- about Oak Island, and you said to me what? I said, well, the icon for star ancestors is a Micmac petroglyph from Nova Scotia. (laughs) Yeah, and there are underground, because I've I've gone and hunted some of these down. Um, There are underground system, underground crystal caves. There are sundials in Maine. I mean, there are so many mounds, even up in Woodstock, New York. I used to go back up in there and discovered rock dwellings. I mean, there's New England itself is a bedrock of mystery. Mm. And I got to tell you, Nancy, Nova Scotia, it's amazing. And I didn't know that when we went into this interview. I didn't know that your book had any sort of symbology or anything to do with Nova Scotia or, or, or anything like that. But Nova Scotia does keep coming up in terms of... Um, well, certainly on Oak Island, this underground, you know, uh, chambered vault system, or at least that's what people are calling it because they don't know what else to think about it. Um, and also in terms of Native American history and their dealings with um, this type of thing in that area and, and, and a lot of high strangeness around that area, including ufology. Oh, sure. Well, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen the book America B.C., I don't, I'm not familiar well, with that. Well, the, the, the Micmac language 
up there in Nova Scotia is identical to Egyptian hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah, wow. So if you look at America, B.C., yes, all these people were going back and forth. That's why they discovered all the Egyptian artifacts in the Grand Canyon. And then you have Roswell, the craft allegedly had Egyptian hieroglyphics. Uh, uh, Betty Andreessen, who we've talked about on this podcast, starts writing, after her abduction, uh, starts writing Egyptian hieroglyphics, and that goes on and on and on, the right. connections. Yeah, you know, I talked to two veterans from Santo Domingo Pueblo who were in Vietnam, veterans, and they were part of a dance group that came up up here to Taos, and I just happened to ask them, I said, did you ever see any UFOs in Vietnam? And because there's been alleged to have been some sightings there, and they said no, but after Ro when Roswell happened, we went down there ourselves, uh, a, a group of these Santo Domingo elders, and they came upon a being, they told me. Wow. They came upon a being, and he spoke... Tiwa, which is interesting because those tapes I have of the Bigfoot talking, they also speak Tiwa and Arapaho and Cherokee, the Bigfoots. They speak the indigenous language to this land, which would make sense. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we talked briefly yesterday, and uh, you mentioned to me about your brief Bigfoot sighting, which was <laughs> remarkable to hear from you. Can you tell us about that? Well, I was I was talking. Um, actually, I was actually talking to a Yeska spiritual leader at Rosebud, South Dakota, and I was working on a, a project with him. And and at the same time, I was trying to develop, you know, the film. And I was talking to him about a Thunderbird. Actually, I think it was because I was going on Ancient Aliens. Mm. Yeah. I was talking to him about the Thunderbird, and he was telling me some things about it, uh, about they saw, they saw a Thunderbird. A group of the, the people up on Rosebud saw one. And so he was telling, we were talking about Bigfoot. I asked him, did you ever see a Bigfoot, <laughs> you know? And he was telling me something about his experience, and I looked out the window. I was in the kitchen. I looked right out the window to the end of my field because I have a fruit farm. And way at the end of it, near one of the apple trees, I saw a Bigfoot, and I just saw him, and then it, it just, then it was gone. It wasn't that he left. It just... Like went invisible. It went invisible. My God. <laughs> what, what would the elders, and I know you can't generalize, but in your experience in all these interviews you did for your book... What do the elders make of the connection or possible connection between Bigfoots and UFOs and who we call aliens? And, and what do you think they would tell you about that experience you had with Bigfoot? I never had anyone tell me anything related to those three things at the same time. Hmm. However, um, the Bigfoot is a, a relative. Ah, a relative of those ancestors. A relative of, of ours. Of ours. Yes. And you know what's really interesting is, remember I told you I had these, I have these tapes. Yeah, right, the vocalizations. Yeah, well, yeah, t talk about that. I, I wasn't aware of that, Nancy. W I, what tapes? I have these tapes. Uh, I got contacted because of the book by some people down in Tennessee, I think it was, and they were wanting me to come down there with some Indian elders to help them communicate with a family of Bigfoot that were near their property out of the what? woods. This is where these tapes came from of the callings. They were doing 
uh, oral callings. They weren't Indian, these people, but they were receiving and giving callings to this family of Bigfoot who they were telling me that they were saying that they were starving and that the forests were dying. And what they wanted me to do is go down there. I really wanted to go, to tell you the truth. I wanted to go with a Pawnee friend of mine. Uh, we were going to drive down there, but I just, I don't know what happened. I can't remember because it was over 10 years ago. Mm. And um, But they sent me these tapes, and they told me that the languages that they speak are all these different indigenous, um, whoops, hold on, di- dialects. i got to just stop this here. This sure. Um, Have you posted those sa- those tapes anywhere, Nancy? That no, we could- I haven't. I mean, I don't even <coughs> there. You know, I don't know if the co- I think there's a copyright. Okay. But I don't know where those people are. I'm sure they're gone. Sure. Mm. Um, and I'll have to listen to them again yeah. um, and see see if there's any way I can find those people. But the main thing was that this family of Bigfoot were starving and were wanted to speak with indigenous people. That, that was what I understood from these, this couple. And they invited us to come down and to bring some people with us who were fluent in languages. It's amazing the ease with which people will talk about Bigfoot. Ronnie and I were at a, a Sasquatch. There's a, there's a local chapter here in Massachusetts that helps sponsor us, actually, um, of the BFRO called Squatchachusetts. And we went to a, <laughs> isn't that great name? Isn't that a great name? Yeah. Um, and great. we went to their conference and we're meeting all these people coming up to our table. And this, remember this, Ronnie, this little family, uh, a mother, her daughter, who was probably oh, yes. our age in her 40s, yeah. beautiful. Mother's beautiful, daughter's beautiful. And then like, I think two or three children. And they're just looking around quietly. And oh, we start chatting with them. And, and they live, you know, in, in Western Mass in the sticks at probably the foot of the Berkshires. And they just start telling us about how, they, oh, yeah, no, we've got a family of Bigfoot that um, we've been interacting with for years, and we leave them things. And, and you're sitting there going like, you know, they're talking about it like it's a pack of wolves. Right. And, yeah. and, and that their family's been talking to them for a very, very long time, and there's vocalizations, and they leave each other gifts. Well, you know, if you were a, a being or, I mean, I don't know if you call Bigfoot an animal. I mean, what do you really call right. him um, biologically? Right. What is he called? Oh, uh, people say a, people would say a North American great ape, possibly undiscovered. Uh, okay, so there were these great apes and these mastodoids and and these cyber, you know, tigers and all of these animals were being hunted. Ah, right. You know? Back I mean, then, there were people here way before you know Columbus, who really it was that wasn't his name. Juan um, Colon was his name. The act of Columbus oh. is what they did. It's uh, called the act of Columbus. It was uh, Don, Cristobal Colon or something, to, right? Yeah, yeah, Juan Colon to yeah. kill off all the ancient teachings. Well, that's that why they came. Uh, that was uncool. And that's called the act of Columbus. So they had to destroy the ancient, because there is a lot of history on this, on this uh, North American continent that has not been, people have not been educated. Most to not. the true history of, of North America. Nancy, talk about your your documentary. You're hoping to have it out pretty soon. Well, I've been uh, working on it a long time. Yeah. It is a costly endeavor when you get into the editing part of it, but I do have a great editor who did the film Baraka, David Aubrey and Lightning Wood Pictures, and um, 
I was when I started to edit this, I was going to do a series, you know, each person. But then as time went by, I realized that I couldn't do that, and some of it was footage. There wasn't high definition when I started gathering this on film. Hmm. So you can't go to broadcast without a high definition. So I, at this point, I narrowed it down to about three or four people, um, and it's it's similar to Star Ancestors, but I think it has you know it's it's always different when you when you turn a book into a film. Um, it's an it's an amazing film. I mean, it's it's a powerful film, and it's a good film for people who really don't know about the relation indigenous relationship to what we call our ancestors, the ancient people, you know, the ancient ones that came before us. Nancy, this might be an impossible question to kind of, you know, sum up, but in all your research, all your interviews, what do you think the main messages from our ancestors to your people has been? What do you think the main thing they're trying to do? It's really about caretaking this planet and caretaking humanity, you know? Mm. It's the teachings of living. And there's two paths, you know, the left-hand path and the right-hand path. That kind of comes out of Peru and the secret of the Andes. And um, the left-hand path is the dark path, and the right-hand path is the light path. And you can see it now because it's so obvious that there's a spiritual battle between the dark and the light. And so what the ancestors or, you know, these ancient ones who come, who who communicate, uh, is to enhance that path, that light path of how to walk it, you know, because obviously... We have trouble doing that. My partner, Ronnie, uh, also feels a connection to, and actually our producer, Ian, can I talk about this, Ian? Yeah. Is that all right? Okay. Our producer, Ian, and and certainly my partner, Ronnie, I can speak, uh, feels a connection to a possible, like Ronnie's always interested in shamanism and Native American issues, and and, uh, they both feel like they're somehow connected, possibly even have, and I think in Ian's case, has a Native American lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, does that happen to you when you meet with people? Do you do you meet with people and sometimes they reveal to you that they feel connected to all this, even though they haven't been identified as Native American in the, in what they've been told in their family history? You mean you mean feeling a well? You're you're walking on the graves of so many people. You know, those so many spirits that are all up and down New England. I mm. mean, all those spirits are there. All those people are there. And um, wow. so you're walking on their graves, and there, there's, it's going to affect you in how you resonate with the knowledge of that, the historical knowledge of that area. Someone, someone once told me that everybody who, and it was an elder, I don't know if it was Cree or where, where was this, is Mayan, that every person that is born on this soil here on North America does have a name to, tied to the land. Ah. Hmm. See? So we all do. So we need to walk around more respectful around right. here. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. and to communicate with that um, that 
whoever endowed that name for you underneath your feet. Hmm. Because well, all those all those bones and all those people, I mean, it's a lot. Of, we're talking about a lot of people. <laughs> right? And a lot of history. Uh, and yeah. you did an unbelievable job in your book, Star Ancestors, Extraterrestrial Contact and the Native American Tradition, Nancy Redstar. Nancy, we could talk to you all night. We've kept you too long. Uh, the name of the upcoming documentary, has it been titled? It's called Star Ancestors. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. we can't wait for it. Yeah, Dr. we can't Dell wait. did the theme song for it, and um, uh, Dean Stockwell is the narrator, and Steve oh, yeah. Dallas scored it. Oh, we can't wait. And uh, so. when it comes out, we'll have you back on. We'll promote it and all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Nancy, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Okay. You are listening to the Monsterland Podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. Now it's time for Monster Mail. Tonight's Monster Mail, Ronnie, and final for season one comes from Rick H. And it's in reference to... (laughs) This is where we find out if we're responsible for animal mutilations. (laughs) Should I just stop there and tease it for season two? There you go. All right. Does an animal die? Uh, More high strangeness around this brand new podcast continues... Uh, so if you remember in episode 105, you can go back and listen to whatever happened to John Lear. Um, I, or not, um, I talked about a bird seeing my mother or feeling like my mother appeared to me as a bird. Right. Uh, so first I'll play the sound of what I said, and then I'll read you Rick H.'s email to us, his monster mail. So here's what I said, episode 105, whatever happened to John Lear? You do. Golf is my zen place. I usually, oftentimes play alone. I play alone in the mornings. It's very zen for me. It's almost like a religious, when I'm out on the golf course, I don't think about anything else. First of all, I'm interrupting my own audio. Can I (laughs) shut up? I mean, I'm just like droning on and on. Just get to the goddamn point of the story. God, I'm (laughs) I hate my own voice. Okay, first of all, I love to golf. And I, well, some, some people paint, some people like sculptures. I like to golf. Oh, God. All right, here, here I go. This is me again. Episode 105 here. And my mother, my late mother, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, who died uh, two years ago, pancreatic cancer. Uh, oh, there's an upper. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> God, I'm awful. Ian, why do you allow this? I'm not really allowing it. All right. Here, I continue. I continue. Um. Her, she was my favorite golf partner. Mm. We, we just, I just loved playing with her. We had a ball. We would sneak out all the time. She was, she was upset. You know, she was, she was an addict. She was a golf addict, as I, as was I. That's great. So we had just beautiful. <laughs> what is that? That's great. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's Get great. to the point of the story. <laughs> my mother, who I've mentioned on the podcast sixty times. All right. <clears throat> beautiful Sunday nights we used to play. So uh, Sunday night I was, pl- or it might have been Saturday night. But uh, I was playing by myself, and I was, you know, fifth hole, whatever, and it's a beautiful night. And I <clears throat> hit the ball and was just driving to my ball, and I wasn't even thinking about her. And a bird, like, the, the, right there, okay, and a bird. This is from Rick H. Okay, I wasn't going to message you because I believe it was just an amazing coincidence. I drive for a living, and I was in Burlington, Wisconsin this morning at about 6 a.m., I was listening to the latest episode while cruising down the road. No way. Maddie was telling his experience with the bird on the golf course. Literally, right when he said bird, I kid you not, a bird came out of absolutely nowhere and struck my windshield. Get out. <laughs> what the? So again, here's me 
killing there's, a there's, bird. There's little birds all over the course. <laughs> by saying bird. Uh, he says, I've never hit a bird in my life. And then it, it, uh, and then it decided to happen at that moment. Thought maybe you guys would find that interesting. And he actually sent a picture of his windshield. Oh, I thought you meant the dead strike. bird. I'm like, no, he didn't send the dead bird, but he took a picture <laughs> of the windshield strike. The synchronicity on that isn't as, I mean, the he, you're saying bird, yeah. and, and the impact. Mm -hmm. What the? F well, it makes me think of this. Here's what I thought of. Sometimes Rick, when they say, um. You know, I, I'm not sure I believe in coincidences, I, I guess is the way to say it. No. And, and sometimes people say things like, I've heard this kind of trite expression, um, when you stub your toe or you get in an accident or something, it's God telling you to slow down. And I make that as a metaphor that maybe someone, Rick, wants you to pay attention to something. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, and maybe it's positive. You know, although the, the bird dying probably isn't yeah. that great. No, no. <clears throat> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm telling the story about a spirit animal as I felt it um, at that time connecting with my mother. I was being communicated to. And at that moment, I say, birdie hits a bird after all these years, the first time ever. Like, right. That's weird. Yeah. So I would Rick, my my take on that is that it's not a coincidence that it's, it's I, and I don't want to say it's a harbinger of bad things to no, come or anything could, like that. It could be something about just even him focusing, being more mindful of, of his mother. Or, or maybe if, that maybe if she's or, or, or maybe it was maybe he was about to fall asleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who knows? But uh, I feel like it's someone telling you to pay attention to something. So maybe open your mind to that. Um, because these type of coincidences yeah, keep happening to Ronnie and I yeah. and all around us constantly. There are no such thing as coincidences. So know? thank you, Rick. And thank you, all of y'all who sent us messages. Please keep them coming. We really want this thing we to become it. stories. Yeah, right. man. And, yeah. and like Ian said, we want to talk to you and have you talk to us. We want this podcast actually to be mostly your stories, to tell you the truth, because right. we're going to run out of stories. And then if it's not you, you got to hear uh, rambling. Times. But like this, this little bird, <laughs> as I was driving, came like flying Jesus. by. And the best way. It, you want to hear this? Right across me. And then like was. It was a Tuesday. Time. No, it was a Wednesday. It was a Saturday. Some guys fish, some guys paint, whatever. Listen to me. You do. Golf is my zen place. Ugh. I usually, I oftentimes play alone. I play Shut alone. up! It's very zen for me. It's almost like a religious. When I'm out on the golf course, I don't think what? And my mother, my late mother, who died uh, two years ago. So send us mail, for God's sakes. Uh, all right, so that's a wrap on season one. I can't believe it's already over, season one. But season two is coming before it is. you know it. So. This fall, we will be back, fall of 2018, uh, after I get back from visiting some friends. I'm just going to visit. Mm -hmm. I'm just going mm -hmm. to visit some friends up north. That's couple, all. A couple days. No, yeah. no, I'm not saying anything. I'm just going up. <laughs> I'd be going up anyway, whether there's a show or not. I'd be going up to see my friends in the, up north. Mm. So when I return, we will continue this season two in a new studio. Um, Monsterland continues to grow. Media Boss continues to grow. And please stay in touch. Share it with a friend. What really helps us is if you could write a review on iTunes. Right. That'd be that fantastic. iTunes yeah. algorithm that they have, whatever, however that matrix works, however that <laughs> cabal works, <laughs> uh, would help us a lot. Uh, Ronnie, any, any final thoughts from you as you reflect back on season one? One, I can't believe how fast it's gone by. 
but I think we covered a lot of ground in really kind of expanding on the on what my book was kind of putting together that you know everything is connected um, and we're learning a lot more where I think it's amazing that um, the podcast launched and also in the disclosure kind of the latest movement and everything is kind of going at the same time so I feel like the timing we're here for a reason we're here for a purpose and we're going to see it through so excited and my final thought I'd like to echo what Nancy Redstar said is that certainly if you're in North America you're walking on the past and spirits of all those people who are here before us. But if you're in Europe, you are too, certainly. Yeah. Um, a little history in Europe. I'm not sure if you're aware mm. of that. <laughs> so maybe we all need to just keep in mind to walk around a little more respectfully and a right. little more open, be more mindful, more mindful, especially these days. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm left with after everything. And that's what a great way to end after everyone we've talked to this season one, like, to have that be the final thought is really? perfect. Again, yeah. almost like we designed it, but we didn't. Yeah. But what a beautiful way to end this. Yeah, really. She was great. And we'll see what season two brings. Um, thank you all. Thank you to our monsters, our fans, the monsters. And um, thank you to Media Boss, to Pod 617, to Squatchachusetts, and to Michael Devon from uh, Whitesnake, yeah. who does our theme music. And we will see you season two. Until then, remember... Monsterland is not just a place. It's in your mind and in your heart. It's not just a place, it's a space. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. I'm going to DNA swab you right now. <laughs>